Welcome to the RV Podcast. This is episode 474. And this week on the RV Podcast. Why your RV needs a GPS tracker. Why you may not want to take your RV on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Apps to help RVers easily send out their holiday greetings. All this, plus the news of the week, your RV questions coming up in episode 474 of the RV Podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Mike Wendland, and this is my lifelong traveling companion and my bride, Jennifer. And welcome to uh, the uh, post-Thanksgiving edition of the RV Podcast. We still have some turkey to eat, don't we? We do. Yeah. I do love turkey, but it's, it's going to be long, a lot of days in a row of eating turkey. Uh, I bet a lot of you are like that, too. But hey, it's uh, almost Christmas time. Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to you as well. We got our Christmas tree up over the Thanksgiving weekend uh, holiday. Yeah, it's up, but now we have to decorate it. Okay, and that's going to take a while. Mm -hmm. um, we um, are doing this as, of course, a video version of the podcast. And if you are unaware of that, now you can go over and look at it. We have lots of video that we show about the things we're talking about, and you can find that on our YouTube uh, RV Lifestyle channel. Just go to youtube.com slash RV Lifestyle. Of course, the audio version is available on all of your favorite podcast apps. And you can watch both the video version and listen to the audio version on our RV Lifestyle blog at rvlifestyle.com. We have new content on that blog every single day. It's like an encyclopedia. If you have a question about the RV Lifestyle, we've probably written an article on it over the last 12 years. Just go to rvlifestyle.com, use the search button, and you can find out about everything. Plus, we have great new stories that come out every single day. So there you go. Uh, Thanksgiving's over. Uh, we're going to be sitting tight for about a month, I think. This is yeah. normally when we, we take a break from our travels. Yeah, normally we're home this time of year. So uh, we're going to settle in and finish up everything we have to do. Yep. And it's we when we travel, we kind of try and book. And this is a good thing for all of you, particularly you full-timers. If you're thinking about being a full-timer, um, you know, you have all these doctors, dentists, eye doctors. You have to do annual checkups. We'll schedule them between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, and if you schedule them far enough in advance, you can just hit them all, one, two, three, four, five, and done. And that's normally what, what we do is uh, is do that. Our next big, big trip will be um, Florida <laughs> in uh, January as we head down for the Tampa RV show. And that always sort of kicks out our, uh, our winter travel schedule. So we, we're always ready to begin from there. I got to say, though, we've got a couple inches of snow that came last night and... Uh... Usually January 1st, I'm sick of the snow, but um, I'm sick of the snow. <laughs> we only got about that much snow. And I honestly, I usually get all excited about the snow, but I went out and looked at it this morning. I said, okay, been there, done that. Time to go to Florida. <laughs> I, my big thing is I don't like driving in it. Yeah, it, it's it's never fun. Uh, hey, this uh, episode is being released on Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. And if you are watching this or listening to this on Wednesday, Tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern time, we will be doing an Amazon live stream uh, with uh, Cyber uh, Monday week, Cyber Week, they call it now, specials uh, on uh, Amazon that uh, of with products that are related to RVers and campers. 
this is the time the best deals are always out there and we've been having fun on Amazon Live now for uh, several weeks we invite you to please uh, follow us there we'll put a link in the show notes for this episode but um, if you it's easy to find just go to amazon.com slash live slash RV lifestyle make it all lowercase and you'll find us please follow us there will you but uh, you can go back and listen to that. Uh, if you're listening to this after the 29th, you can find that uh, that live stream on our Amazon Live page. And again, find that at uh, the show notes or look in the description below. So a lot of activity on our um, RV Lifestyle Facebook group this well, Thanksgiving. I would be surprised if there weren't a lot of activity with a quarter of a million people. Yeah. Subscribe to that. Oh. I think there's like 256,000 active members, probably 257,000 because I checked it early this morning. And some days we have a thousand people join. It's amazing. Well, what can I say? <laughs> a lot of folks there, a lot of wisdom, a but, lot of combined wisdom. And that combined wisdom had some very good advice about RVers who tow uh, their RV, a trailer or a fifth wheel. And traveling the uh, and even our you know big motorhomes as well, why the, why you should maybe think about staying off the Pennsylvania Turnpike. I had I knew it was expensive, but I had no idea how expensive until other people started talking about it. Uh, Wendy Boyer is our community manager for the Facebook group. She uh, oversees all of our team of excellent volunteers, and uh, she's been keeping track of all this for our social media buzz. And here's Wendy. Hi everybody. I'd like to tell you about a post that really got people talking last week from Linda. Linda wrote, just got a bill from the Pennsylvania Turnpike from our trip in October. Wow, didn't realize how expensive it was to drive that stretch of road compared to other toll roads in other states. So Linda explained they had a teardrop. They entered Pennsylvania from the Ohio border and drove to Reading, which is a, bit, a good ways into the state. And then a week later, they got on that Reading exit and took it back to uh, Ohio. So are you ready for what their toll road was, their toll bill was? $284. No one could believe it. Linda said she could have flown round trip from Michigan to Philadelphia for less money than it was to drive that little stretch of freeway. So again, this post really got people talking. Many said the Pennsylvania toll road is the most expensive in the country. Roger said you paid by ax you pay by axle. Anna said she looked it up and it's generally 150 to 250 per RV to drive this stretch of freeway. Uh, the Easy Pass does bring the cost down slightly, but the bottom line of this post was a warning that if you're traveling out east in your RV and you can avoid it, stay off the Pennsylvania Turnpike because it is just so outrageously expensive to drive. And then next I'd like to tell you about another post by someone named Linda, but a different Linda, and she wrote, what is the best Christmas town you've ever visited and what did you love about it? Well, Teresa wrote Breckenridge, Colorado, because it looks like it came right out of a Hallmark movie. And many people agreed with Teresa. Frankenmuth, Michigan came up a lot. Um, Kristen said there's always a festival of some kind going on there. They have carriage rides, dinner cruises, great restaurants, and of course, Bronner's, which is uh, billed as the world's largest Christmas store. And Katie was one of many who recommended Leavenworth, Washington. This town is in the Cascade Mountains, and uh, many said it looks like just a picture of the Alps or um, some sort of European uh, village. 
just beautiful. It has Christmas lights galore, horse-drawn carriage rides, outdoor snow excursions like cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, downhill skiing. Um, Chris, she, it was described as basically a winter playground. So lots of great suggestions there if you're looking for a place to go with the holiday cheer. And then finally, the last post I'd like to tell you about was just a simple one from Fran that uh, just had a wonderful sense of camaraderie about it. So Fran took a picture of her Riverstone hooked up to her pickup truck, and she wrote, Purchased this beauty in July, getting the heck out of Idaho. Tucson, here we come. So many admired Fran's uh, fifth wheel, said it was gorgeous. Many admired that she's getting out of the snow and heading to somewhere warm and sunny. And it was just such an encouraging post that uh, just made me smile. And as I sit here looking out my window with snow all over the ground, uh, wish I was getting out of town and heading somewhere warm too. So that's it for me this week. I'm Wendy Boyer, and I'll see you over at the RV Lifestyle Facebook group. Well, all I got to say, Wendy, is you're not the only one who's tired of the snow, and it just started. Yeah, more snow. Well, we know that'll come because it's wintertime. And those gray skies. Yeah, that's uh, what happens up here in Michigan. So time to think about Arizona, Florida, the Southwest. We're going to the mall <laughs> right after Christmas. All right, when we come back, uh, the RV interview of the week. And this is an important one, so stick around for that. The one thing that can ruin a perfect RV trip is a bad mattress. And believe us, we know. Over the years, we've tried many, and we have found them all wanting until now. Now, we sleep on the RV mattress by Brooklyn Bedding. Quite simply, it's the best we've ever slept on. We chose a queen-size Aurora Luxe medium firm mattress that arrived tightly rolled in a box. All we did was put it on the bed, unroll it, and wait for it to recover from the compression. Then we put on the sheets and the bed covers and found we slept so well that we ordered another one for our home. That's how comfortable it is. Our sleep is now so luxurious and deep that we can't imagine using a different mattress. Shipping is free. If you're disappointed with the current mattress in your RV, you owe it to yourselves to try the RV mattress by Brooklyn Bedding. Brooklyn Bedding sends out all of their RV mattresses from their own factory in Arizona. This means they're able to use premium materials at a reasonable price for you with no middleman bringing up the cost. Make sure to check out their Black Friday sale at the end of this month. It'll be their biggest deal of the year. Don't miss out on the best sleep of your life. Visit rvmattress.com slash rvlifestyle and hurry because once November's over, so are these incredible deals. Welcome back. It's time now for the RV interview of the week. And we're going to talk about a growing problem, RV theft. Yeah, it is a big problem. You know, an RV is more than just a vehicle. Oh, yeah. It's your home away from home. It, some people, it is their home, period. So uh, Safeguarding this significant investment, probably the second most expensive thing people will buy after their sticks and bricks home, safeguarding it is crucial. And a GPS tracker is a device that uh, you're familiar with these. They used to call them low jack. I don't know if they still make low jack. It used to be on cars, you know, years ago. And many of the fleet owners, people who have a lot of trucks and vehicles on the road, they put these trackers in. But um, this is a, a device that RVers ought to think about because every week we are hearing about another RVer 
whose vehicle was stolen. And just this past week, it was the owner of a Class A in Myrtle Beach. And uh, as I read that story, I was really struck by uh, one quote that the owner said. He said uh, how much he wanted it back. He said, my whole life is in that RV, you know? Yeah, and thinking about that, I think we need that as well. We need that tracker on our vehicle because if you knew it was moving when it's not supposed to be moving, you can handle the situation rather than a month or six months down the road realizing that somebody stole your RV. And, and that's just what happened in one of our podcast episodes a couple of weeks back. We interviewed a woman. Uh, she and her husband store their RV. I think they were in California. They store, store it every year. And it was actually stolen out of the storage yard. And uh, they dropped it off in September. They think it was now stolen in November. And it wasn't until they went to pick it up in March it wasn't there. And they determined that um, nobody in the storage yard knew what was even gone. If they had had a tracker on, they would have gotten uh, an alert uh, that it was gone. And they obviously never got it back. There were a lot of other circumstances in that interview. You can go back and listen to it in the archives. But the point is, is that there is a way to get your RV back. And, uh, you know, knowing when it moves, being able to find out where it is in real time, will help authorities recover it. Uh, our guest this week on the interview of the week is uh, Conrad Galambos. And Conrad is president of a company called uh, Solutions Into Motion. And he has a product called WearSafe, W-H-E-R-S-A-F-E. It's a GPS tracking device, and he has one that is particularly useful for RVers. And uh, he, um, Conrad is a great interview because he really helps us understand the best way to keep track of your RV. And, uh, you know, when you think about how much you spend in an RV and how much it costs to have the peace of mind of knowing where it is anytime and if it moves, uh, it's a, it's a well-intentioned uh, well, uh, investment that you can make to give you that peace of mind. Here's our interview with Conrad. I think you'll find this interesting. Well, Conrad, thanks for joining us. Let's talk a little bit about RV theft, how uh, it's become a really major problem, as we reported just recently and as we seem to report every week. Uh, and one of the solutions that we talked about was uh, tracking the vehicle, actually finding out where it is. And uh, I mentioned to you uh, that I know many RVs, including ourselves, who use these little, these little air tags from Apple. Uh, to kind of keep track of some of our possessions. And uh, I learned from you that that might not necessarily be the best solution out there. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, we really appreciate it. And uh, love talking not only about, you know, sort of what the technology of GPS does, but also touching on some of the issues that, you know, are looking to be solved here. Um, you know, we... Uh, being in the business of GPS tracking, we are constantly monitoring different types of theft because when theft happens, that's something that, you know, GPS tracking can be used to help mitigate. So what we recognized in doing so is, of course, you know, we can find all kinds of statistics um, on uh, automobile theft, motorcycle theft, uh, business theft. But there's not a lot of great statistics on specifically RV theft. Um, so if you go to you know national statistics resources, you know you're not going you're going to get a bunch of different numbers, or you might not find anything. 
But what we have found is that the news stories about RV theft happen all the time. So I can't say specifically what the number of RV thefts are per capita, for instance. But what I can say is, is I monitor very closely theft, uh, specifically in the RV space, and I'm seeing it on a daily basis. So, you know, the bottom line is, is you need to be prepared for it as an RV owner. You have to think of to yourself, you know, this investment is a lot. Uh, it's very valuable to me, not only the RV itself, but what's inside it. And I want to make sure that um, in the case that it does get stolen, that I can recover it. So, you know, of course, there's other things that you can do. And, you know, I'm sure you've talked about in other podcasts to prevent theft. You know, GPS tracking doesn't prevent theft. But what it does do is it gives you a chance of getting your assets back. So, you know, on, and then you bring up, uh, you know, an AirTag uh, that you just that you showed there, Mike. And uh, AirTags are a really, um, you know, really good tracking device in certain scenarios. So the way in which a Bluetooth, uh, sorry, an AirTag works is through Bluetooth technology. So that device requires um, a Bluetooth reader to be within a certain proximity of it in order for it to track. So in the case of the Apple AirTag, it requires to have an Apple product, so an Apple phone or an iPad within a couple of hundred feet of that device so that it can then send its signal to that device, which then spreads it across the Apple network to say, now we know where this is. So that's a really good technology if you're in a very populated area, you know, uh, in an airport and you put it in your luggage, for instance, that might be a really good solution for that. Um, in your purse, you know, and, and you're working in an office building, that's a good solution for that. But in the case of an RV, when you're, for instance, storing it over the winter, or you're just in a location where there is nobody around with that um, Apple device, which has, by the way, it's Bluetooth turned on, then it won't be tracked and it's not reliable. Um, so it's not really a solution for theft recovery in the RV or automotive space for that matter, where thieves are taking those and often bringing them to a barn or putting them in a shipping container and getting them away from where all the people and all the Apple devices actually are. Let's uh, let's kind of talk about uh, another thing about the AirTags is they have a battery that wears out <laughs> and it wears yep. out after about a year. Uh, so yeah. it, it, people don't realize that, but, but yeah. I want to get to, uh, I want to get to RVs for a second. Uh, there's motor homes, and then, of course, there's the towables, the trailers and the fifth wheels. Uh, motor homes have at least a little bit of security. you got to start it up to get it going. But it seems that particularly the most of the thefts I'm hearing are in trailers and fifth wheels because really all you have to do is back up and hitch it up and pull them away. Yeah. Am I right? Is that where you're seeing most of the thefts? Yeah. You know, ultimately, you're absolutely right. Um, it takes less of a sophisticated thief to steal a towable versus a motorhome. Okay. Uh, that said, both of them are getting stolen. There's, and again, I don't have the numbers, unfortunately. I do see uh, news stories of both getting stolen uh, often. Yeah. Um, but, the, but that does speak to, you know, 
the differences in GPS trackers. So some GPS trackers, uh, for instance, can plug directly into an OBD2 port. So if your motorhome, I believe if it's a class B or class C, um, may have an OBD2 port where you can plug directly into that. Uh, other, other trackers are hardwired. So they wire into power, ground, and ignition. And they uh, get their power directly from the 12-volt source uh, on board that either motorhome or trailer. And then others are completely independent. And they might be powered from AAA batteries. Uh, they might be powered from a rechargeable lithium-ion battery. Or they might even have an integrated solar panel uh, on it that recharges the unit itself. Um, there, we have a version that actually does that with the solar charging, but also has the ability to hook a trickle charger up to it that uh, hooks into the 12 volt system of the uh, of the asset itself as well. Now, uh, of all those different types of trackers, uh, the first thing most everybody says is, "Well, they cost a lot of money. They're a couple hundred bucks here, and then you got to have uh, some way to." to get the signal back if, if they find it. Uh, I, I thought we ought to hit that one right out of the park. What What's the price range for these things? And then let's urge people to consider that with the price of the RV, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, Nobody wants to spend money, but that an RV is often the second most expensive purchase somebody makes. So yeah. uh, a few hundred bucks. You know, I, had a car, I had a car stolen once. Uh, it was a Jeep. And I uh, I spent probably three years, you know, building this from the ground up. I had taken it completely apart and I put it all back together and then it got stolen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the personal side of it was extremely heartbreaking because it was a project that I put, you know, a lot of passion into. Uh, the cost portion of it, you know, in general, a lot of that cost was, was uh, I got back from the insurance company. But I can't tell you how many hours. I put into dealing with insurance, the insurance company itself, you know, the police uh, and reporting of, of that and the, you know, eventually when it was found and then like, it was like a full-time job, you know, and I like, where, where, where's the value that I can put onto that? So like, what I'm getting at is like the emotional toll it took on me, the financial strain that it put on me, the stuff that I'll never get back that was inside of that Jeep at the time when it got stolen, I'll never get back. And the amount of time. Right. So there's there's a lot of actual value there, you know, uh, and, and, and in an RV, it's even more because this is your second home, you know, and the cost is going to be more like the, the value of the of the asset is more. We're talking into 20, 30, 50, 150 thousand um, dollars, you know, in the all in cost. Let's just put this right where like the all in cost for a GPS tracker is going to be. Maybe at the most two hundred and fifty dollars for the hardware, but probably more like one hundred and fifty dollars for the hardware. So that's a one-time cost. And then if you wanted to get the most amount of tracking, so real-time tracking every two minutes when it's in motion, you might pay one hundred and twenty dollars for the year. But if you just needed, I just want this thing to tell me where it is once per day. You might only pay fifty dollars per year. So like the cost to me is almost irrelevant. When we talk about the amount of heartache and the amount of actual investment that you have in this, it's almost something, you know, it's just something that makes so much sense to me. But I also understand everything is expensive in life and there's 
you know, everything that, that you buy just kind of adds to that expense in your life. And we all understand that. But, you know, there's just certain things that you should do to protect yourself. Well, I know after our conversation, I uh, I keep one of my fifth wheels on some property that we have. Uh, I've got it fenced and it's locked and gated, but that doesn't stop, you know, uh, serious thieves. And I was always pretty secure. Well, I have a security camera and I have an air tag in it, but uh, I, uh, I'm convinced now that I need to do more than that. So yeah. talk about the devices and the device that you guys have. And, and let's, let's, we've not talked about that at all. We should Yours, your product is called wear safe W H E R E S A F E. We'll put a link on the description here of the video and the podcast uh, and in the description below, but describe that describe. for us and sure. many different options, but uh, just give us an overview of how, how an RV or might want one of these products. Yeah. So I'm going to actually use your scenario when you talked about storing it off-site. You know, this is storage, and this is kind of the time of year to talk about it as well. Um, you know, storage is a major issue, and especially when you're storing it and it's not in your own garage where you can see it every day and monitor it every day. Uh, you know, you may have it in a storage facility. You may have it in a barn that's not a storage facility, but it's somebody you know. It might be in a field beside that barn you know, which is inherently insecure. Uh, in terms of storage facilities, you know, again, following the news, like we see a lot of theft out of storage facilities. There's fences, there's cameras, there's alarms, there's lights, there's all kinds of, these are secure, you know, secure environments, but stuff still gets stolen from them all the time. Um, the devices themselves, so where the benefit really is, is any of our devices. So again, we offer, OBD, we offer hardwired, we offer battery power, we offer rechargeable uh, uh, devices. But those devices can be programmed so that if your asset moves when it's not supposed to, you're going to get an email or a text message or a push notification. Okay. So in the middle of the night, when you know, even if it is in your driveway, and, it, and you get a text message that says, the RV's just moved something's wrong. It's time to go look. And then it's time to call 911. And then you can take through the app, we can send a link to law enforcement directly. So here's a link. And that is it's a tracking link. So they can open that link and they're going to be able to see where this asset is in real time. And they're going to go recover it for you. Of course, we would never recommend that you go out and fight crime by yourself and, and recover this by yourself. You should always uh, get law enforcement involved and let them do their job but you can empower them with information that they wouldn't have if you didn't have a GPS tracker in there. Is, um, is there any kind of an insurance break that people get if they have this kind of security on their RV? Yeah, great question. So insurance companies today are now kind of rapidly all jumping on board this. Um, you know, you're going to find that there's no common discount or incentive to do so but they're all starting to put together their own packages. Uh, Progressive Insurance, as an example, um, who is well known in the RV space, they do offer, uh, I believe, up to a 15% premium discount. So, and this goes back to the cost. So now you've spent, let's just say, you bought the most expensive tracker, it was $250. And then you have a, you wanted all the tracking, so that's $120 a year. Um, you know, so you take that cost and then the 15% savings on your, uh, on your insurance and 
you know, now your cost is actually quite little. So, you know, I would encourage anybody that's buying an RV or shopping out their insurance to ask that question. Do you offer incentives or discounts for having a GPS tracker installed? And then if they do, you might want to consider, you know, going out and getting a GPS tracker and, uh, you know, we're safe. We're very familiar with those companies and what they offer. And we'd be happy to talk to you about that and advise on, you know, what tracker works best in your scenario. Last question is, is how hard are these to uh, install? Let's take one of the ones that, uh, you know, has solar on it. And where do you typically yeah. put these that thieves aren't going to find? Gonna find. And, uh, how hard are they to install? Is that something that anybody yeah. can do or do you need some? Well, there's different, it varies. So, you know, we have one that's just magnetic and battery powered. It's rechargeable. So you would charge it up overnight like you would your cell phone. It will last, you know, maybe a month and a half on that battery. And you would just magnetize, stick it to anywhere on the RV. Try to hide it, of course. Um, you know, now if that's encased in a box of metal, it may not transmit properly. So you, you might have to do a little bit of testing to get it into a spot that works that you don't believe, you know, thieves are going to find. Uh, hardwired versions, um, it's a power ground ignition installation. So there's a little bit more technical capability there. There's a lot of DIY RVers that can easily do that. But we would re recommend if you have any questions, you don't like that the sound of that, bring it to a certified technician. They'll easily install that for you. And it can also be hidden in many different areas. The solar powered one also has a magnetic cradle option. It could be mounted to the top of the RV. You know, I have to believe that in most theft scenarios, the thief is not actually going onto the roof of the RV. Maybe they are, and in that case, maybe that's not the best position for it. That said, you know, that solar powered unit also has a battery that's gonna last many months if you just plugged it into the wall to charge it. It just has other options of charging. It can also be plugged directly into just power and ground so that it has trickle charging to the battery. So that could be, it doesn't need any um, direct sunlight to keep it charged. It could go directly off of the battery of the vehicle. So it's kind of flexible in how it recharges itself. Either way, you can kind of set it up and forget it. Um, well, so yeah, I mean, it really comes down to what it is you're looking for. Uh, and the installations are in general, very straightforward. Um, now, if you wanted to monitor other things, like is my door opened and closed, and is the what's the temperature? You know, we have other accessories that can hook into these GPS trackers that can, you know, provide other data and other alerts, depending on you know what it is you're looking to do. And again, we'd be happy to kind of talk about what works best for you and your RV. Well, very good. Uh, lots of good information here, Comrade. Where can people learn more about uh, the WearSafe product? What's your, uh, what's, where would you say? WearSafe.com is our website. Um, ultimately, you know, the one thing that we like to uh, uh, tell our customers and prospective customers is that, you know, you can get lots of information from the website, but we actually answer our phone. So if you call <laughs> the number on at the website, a human being will actually pick up the phone and say hello. And then you can ask that person questions, and then they're going to route you to another human being without going through some intricate call answer system. That's something we really hang our hats on. So the best way to get information and to answer questions would be to call in and ask for help, and we're going to uh, get you that help 
directly on the phone. Of course, feel free to do so by email uh, or on the, the website, there's live chat and you can at, we monitor that uh, all day long during business hours and uh, we'll also answer that. So whichever works best for you. All right, well, Conrad, thank you so much for all of the education and uh, we will pass this on to all of our followers and a uh, great way to get peace of mind that your RV is where it's supposed to be. Thank you, Conrad. Thank you so much. You know, that really is something that we do need to do because even if you don't have all your lifelong possessions in that vehicle, it makes you angry. I mean, your dreams, your hopes, your, you want to know. You don't want somebody violating you. You know, because I think you said it right at the top that in, it's not just a vehicle. Your RV is your home. Mm -hmm. You remember when we had our RV broken into, uh, we were on Route 66, and uh, we stopped for dinner and in like 40 minutes or whatever we were in for dinner. What was out in the parking lot, somebody broke in. I think what added insult to injury is that you had a recording device so we could hear them talking about all of our possessions yeah. as they were pawing through it. But the only good part was we heard that they were kind to our dog. Yeah, we had a dog. It wasn't Bo, but it was the dog it was we had The dog that Bo. didn't bark. He didn't bark. <laughs> Bo would have barked. Um, but, uh, you know, you just feel so violated. So um, I think we're going to add a GPS tracker to, to ours. And now, and uh, I'll document how you assemble it and put it together and we'll let you know how that all works out. But uh, interesting interview and it's well worth considering. You can find a link uh, in the show notes to Conrad and his system and all that stuff. Uh, and the podcast uh, show notes are at rvlifestyle.com slash podcasts and you will find it. We'll also put it in the description below. All right. When we come back, the RV news of the week, stay with us. There is a new development coming on the market for RVers in Tennessee built by the same company we bought our land from. We just went to look at it and it is amazing. Mountaintop property, great views, big woods and trails close to the Buffalo River like our property. Gorgeous countryside. It's only a few minutes from the Natchez Trace Parkway and an easy drive to Nashville. These are big properties, five acres and up, and the prices are great. There's even financing. We are really happy with our property. These guys do a great job. It's hard to find acreage where you can have an RV full-time, especially in popular destination spots. This is your property, your way. There's electric and high-speed fiber optic internet. No more crowded parks or reservations. You can stay as long as you want. Go to rvlands.net. That's rvlands.net. Welcome back, and now it's time for RV News of the Week, and our first story comes to us from Arches National Park. Well, they're considering making timed entry reservations, that system, permanent, and uh, it's kind of drawing mixed public feedback, which I'm sure you would expect. The uh, park officials say the timed entrance system instituted in April of 2022 you know, for the busy summer months, helped manage crowds and visitors. They said the experience was better for them, preventing uh, having to close the gates and people having to sit outside the gate for like up to five hours because there was no place for anybody to park. And so the park says people really like that better. But the local business owners do not like it, said it's hurt their business. Yeah, I read where one uh, hotel said that when they had that timed service in, uh, it reduced their occupancy by 11%, something like that, 11% less bookings. But 
But, you know, Arches is probably one of the most popular uh, our, uh, national parks anywhere. So it really, it's crowded even on a good day, you know, on well, a slow day. <laughs> yeah. What I thought was interesting was Arches uh, visitors increased by 74% between 2011 and 2021. Wow. In so 10 years, 74% increase in, uh, in, in, in visitors. That's... That really strains the yeah. infrastructure. Uh, well, people don't like it because that means you got to be a little more organized. But it seems to um, be necessitated, necessary there in in Arches. Um, parking lot problem is a big thing there. They're always filled. Oh yeah, so uh, it does help. I'm sure you know having people trickle in rather than everybody surge in together. So when does this start? This thing starts April first to October thirty first. 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. and there's a two dollar fee. Now, if you um, if you arrive before 7 a.m., I guess you can get right in. If you come in after four, you can get in. So you have that flexibility as if it's a spur of the the moment visit, but uh, well worth it. Arches is one of our favorite parks. And what surprised me, which makes sense though, is they're considering reservations to even use the trails. Wow. Yeah. That's how crowded our I national guess they parks don't. are. People don't like being ants. You yeah, know, we're all lined up behind. Well, you each know other. what happens is, for us, it's it's very frustrating because we're taking video or taking pictures, and there's always about four hundred people in them. So you take this beautiful scene of this this great scenery, and all these people are in it, and that's not what I want to see. But anyway, uh, our national parks hats off to them. They're trying to make it work for everybody, and uh, that's going to be the situation at Arches, and I bet you'll see that at other parks as oh, well. Yeah. Another one. Hey, there's a big story for those who have dog owners, and you have been if you've been following these uh, terrible stories, these reports about um, a contagious disease, a respiratory disease that has been spreading like wildfire throughout dogs around the country. Um, many dog owners are worried as they travel with their much loved pets. This disease um, reported very widespread in ten states. Uh, from one end of the country, from New Hampshire in the east to Oregon in the northwest, California, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Washington, Georgia, down to Florida, probably in many others, uh, uh, systems included a cough, uh, an eye or a nasal discharge, fever, loss of appetite. M many dogs died from this, and people thought it was kennel cough. A lot of vets thought it was. Well, they've now determined it's not, and they have identified this unique bacterium that's causing this illness, and, and that is really good news because it will help them correctly identify which antibiotic uh, should be prescribed. Uh, meantime, I'll say this, that there are a lot of people uh, who are recommending that you should avoid dog parks and other places where there's, your dog's going to be in contact with a lot of other dogs until um, more is learned about all this. But at least uh, they're on top of this thing, uh, and um, they think they know what's uh, what's causing it. So that's one big step forward. And our next story is from Great Smoky Mountains National Park, and the National Park Service is asking for your help. If you were in the area of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park on Monday, November 20th, during a park-wide burn ban, you might have seen something that would help them find whoever started two fires during this uh, fire ban. So they could help track down whoever did that. There were two fires, and uh, 
you know, it just was a day that you shouldn't have been doing that. Windy conditions and red flags were out. And it was a very popular area. The intersection of Old Katie's Cove Road and uh, Rich Mountain Road. And the blaze was first reported at 2.30 in the p.m. Now, they got the fire out, uh, but there's a financial reward that's being offered for verified tips. So uh, uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes for the episode and uh, check it out. If you were in Great Smoky Mountain National Park, November 20th, maybe you can help. One more national park story, and this involves um, Yosemite and probably one of the most unique natural phenomenons you can see, uh, something called firefall. Happens every February when the sun gets just right. And uh, if you've never uh, seen it, you can Google it. Google Yosemite firefall and you'll see. But it happens at Yosemite's uh, Horsetail Fall. And it literally glows orange. And it gives the appearance that instead of water that's falling down that huge drop, it's fire. And it can only be seen on evenings uh, when there's a clear sky. Uh, when the, obviously the water is flowing uh, and the sun is at the correct angle. And generally, they never quite know the exact dates. It's in mid-February. So anyway, it's drawn just thousands and thousands of people. It's on the bucket list of a lot of people. So they have to now have a reservation system for that. And it's three weekends involved, February 10th and 11th, February 17th through the 19th. And February 24th through the 25th, you have to have a reservation. Now, those reservations are available starting December 1st. So you can you can pick them up then. They're going to roll them out for each of those weekends in different time periods. But starting December 1st, uh, and we'll put a link where you can get more information on that uh, in the show notes at rvlifestyle.com slash podcast. When we come back, the app of the week and your questions of the week. When we're asked, what's the most important modification we made to our RV? It's an easy answer. Battleborne batteries. Battleborne batteries are quality, safe, reliable lithium batteries that allow us to stay out there off the grid longer. Lithium batteries charge faster, they charge fuller, they're longer lasting, they're maintenance free. And battle-borne batteries are protected by a 10-year guarantee. Now, in our case, they just dropped into the existing AGM batteries that we have. And they'll probably be the same on your rig, too. Battleborne battery experts can get those in your rig just like they did with ours. They can also match you up with the right cabling, the inverter, the charger, the solar controller, everything. Jennifer and I swear by our battle-borne batteries. They allow us to boondock off the grid. Check them out. Go to rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. rvlifestyle.com slash lithium. Welcome back, everybody. Time for the app of the week. Apps that you think will help you in your RV lifestyle. And this week we have three different apps as the holiday season approaches. And you want to send your greetings to folks out there. Now, that can be a hassle if you're in an RV. One, you got to write them all out and you know you might be traveling you can get hand cramps uh, you got to find a post office you got to do all that stuff so we have a couple of alternatives and these are just things that you know during the year if you want to keep in touch with people will help you as well so we have three apps that i think uh, are worth us talking about the first is something called ink cards 
And this um, allows you to create and send uh, greeting cards, holiday cards via mail. So you don't have to do any of the licking the envelope. You don't have to put the stamps on. You can upload a picture like a family photo. You can uh, type whatever message you want on it. And then the service will um, customize all of that for you. And then when you're ready, it will send those directly to those that you pick from your mailing list that you send them. Uh, it's a free app, but the cards cost you two bucks each to send. And that's, that's free, you know, it's with the postage and everything. But still, you know, two bucks saves you a lot of time. But there's other solutions we want to talk about. Yeah, if you want to go purely digital, you can go with American Greetings. You can pick up this app. And uh, you can personalize them however you'd like, but you need a membership. And the membership runs about $29 for a year, or they'll let you buy just a month. It's only $7 for a month. Now, that year one gives you unlimited access, so you can use all sorts of... Uh... Of, of this all during the year, you can send them whenever you want. Like somebody's retiring, you can quickly send them a cool little personalized thing or it's a birthday. So that's for 29 bucks a year. But I like the $7 a month thing because if you're doing like Christmas stuff, you know, you, you know, you get the e-card and then you mail it out, but mm -hmm. you can design it up and that's seven bucks a month. So sounds reasonable. Yeah. So that's good. All right, one more. And this one is, is a little bit unusual. Uh, we're including it because it's just kind of cool. It's called Punk Post. And uh, this one works. You select a card, a style, and you give them a message that you want it to say. Add any decorations that you think should do it. And what happens is they then send that to uh, a handwriting expert, a calligraphy-type person who makes this look really cool. And then they'll send it out for you. This is expensive, but it's it's like an individual work of art with that uh, calligraphy. Uh, six bucks a, a note for like a note, a cool note. Uh, and if you want a deluxe card, it's ten fifty. But um, that's something you might want to do on special occasions. It's worth taking a look at because it's kind of cool. And I, I have one question. I don't know if anybody even reads handwriting anymore. They don't teach it in schools, right? Well, nobody can read your handwriting, or should I not get personal? <laughs> don't, you don't have to get personal. I'm just sharing stuff. All right. Anyway, those are our apps of the week. We'll put links to all of them, again, in the show notes. You always find the show notes on our blog, rvlifestyle.com slash podcasts. All right, RV questions of the week, and we got a couple of them for you this week. Okay, for our first question, this is uh, from Cody and Marissa. We have winterized our Airstream travel trailer and have it in storage at the back of our lot. Should uh, we be skirting to protect the underside? Uh, we see some RVers using airbags to protect the underside from wind and cold. All right. Cody and Marissa, if your RV is in storage and if you have winterized the plumbing system on it, you don't have to skirt it. Uh, you're not living in it. Uh, the skirting is really meant for people who are living in it in very cold conditions. It, you know, keeps the wind from going underneath it and uh, just makes sense, you know, if you have it skirted uh, and it's warmer under there, it's going to be warmer inside the RV, going to make it more efficient to heat it with propane. But uh, yours is in storage. I assume you have winterized your RV, so you do not have to skirt it. Um, for those of you who, who are interested in skirting, and that would be people who are living in their RV in places where it can get very cold, you may want to consider doing skirting. 
those airbags work very well. We tried them out last year, but um, they're very costly. We've seen people put bales of hay <laughs> underneath their RV, and we don't ever recommend that. No, I would think every mouse and critter around would be moving under your RV. The best solution we've seen is uh, like a heavy vinyl, and we've seen some kits that are available, and they have snap-ons. You put a little thing, and they snap on. Uh, but again, that's if you're living in your RV, and it's a very cold climate. Um, if you're storing your RV, you do not need to skirt it, and it would be just wasted money. All right, one now, more question. Now for our second question. When will you guys show us your Michigan property? Have you moved into the house you were restoring? How about the property? Uh, what have you done there? You promised a video of the finished project, and we've heard you talk a bit about it taking longer than you expected. But your fans want to see. <laughs> when will you show us, Maggie? Okay, Maggie. Uh, how about this Saturday? All right, oh. this Saturday? i have to get to work. I do have to get to work. I have an hour's worth of video. We've kind of shot uh, this whole process on our Michigan homestead over a year, and uh, we're we're not we're not done completely yet, but we're close. Come on, you got to admit we're close. Yeah. But like we haven't put up uh, a lot of photographs or anything, our pictures or any of that stuff. But we can show you most of what we've done. So I'll try and get this done for Saturday. Uh, it's on my list. My to-do list to edit. I'm trying to put aside Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to edit that, and we'll release it on Saturday if it gets the approval of the CEO of the uh, of the entire production company. It's getting so. I hate to have a tradesperson come into my house because the last tradesperson that came in said the powder room bathroom door has to be replaced. We just replaced it it's with a, the original contractor door. who remodeled yeah. the place. But, yeah. but, but uh, hey, we're getting there. We've heard a lot from those of you who have hired contractors for big projects, and they've all told us they've experienced several, several things. So it's been a this it's been a lot of frustration and time and anyway, but but we're done enough, I think, to to get that video done and show it. So okay, Saturday on our RV Lifestyle YouTube channel, just go to YouTube.com/slash RV Lifestyle. And and while I'm telling you about that, can I ask you to please subscribe to our YouTube RV Lifestyle channel. If you've never gone over and looked at it, please do us a big favor. Please subscribe. Just go to our uh, youtube.com slash RV Lifestyle. Hit the subscribe button. There's a little um, icon, a bell that you can hit, and that'll even tell you when we release new videos. But we do, we're begging for your subscription, so we really appreciate those. Yeah, so uh, sign up. Maybe we should do this in the beginning and like a couple times in the middle of the podcast. Yeah. Hey, have you signed up yet? <laughs> All right. Listen, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week. We're going to talk about the Tampa RV show next week and why this is one RV show you really need to attend. We're Mike and Jennifer. Thank you guys so much for watching. Happy trails.